What's up, everybody? Oh, yeah. Welcome to the Tug Up More. So glad that you're here hanging out with us. Just a conversation between two friends. That's right. About where we are. Yep. And where, where we, we really want to be. We're not where we want to be. At all. I'm better than I was. But, but dang, I ain't where I, I want to be. But dang, I got a long way <laughs> to go. A, we got a ways to go. But that gap is what we call the Tug of More yeah, around here. It's that a we're fight. All... It's a struggle. It's a tension that you have to continue to pull in all that God has for you. And so we talk about it all the time on the Tug of More. Yeah, speaking of tension, yes. I'm glad that we finally started the episode. We just had a bunch of yahoos up in here <laughs> shooting uh, videos. Our team that we love the, so much, yahoos, that yahoos we call them. They're shooting some it's Instagram a, stuff. It's a pet nickname we've and given them. <laughs> they said, they said we're just going to take some videos, <clears throat> act normal. Yeah, And, and so the immediate the, they tell me to act normal, I go like this. He goes. And then I start fake talking you're and fake, smiling yeah, like say, this. Your neck does this thing where you go, I can't do it, but you t it tightens. Yeah, in so if way. you see any of our Instagram reels, They're that was us acting natural. They were fake. They were not real. <laughs> <laughs> and then they said, can you fake laugh at each other? And we were like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think ridiculous. that this episode will be our first one in this room without a herd of elephants running. I hope so. They the, were drilling something earlier today. He said he doesn't know. He doesn't know. He's like, don't, don't even say it. Oh, they were banging, they were banging, banging something. Okay, so I saw them out with some paintbrushes today. And yeah. so paintbrushes over hammers is That's definitely good. quieter. That's good. Hopefully uh, today we will have uninterrupted conversation. I'm actually excited about the conversation we're going to have. Yeah, but wait, 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 wait. I know. You, there's always something else first to talk about. On Sunday, yeah. we had Costume Sunday. Yes. Not Halloween. Nope. Because that's of Satan. El Diablo. If you didn't uh, check this episode, click it. Click it. Go we check it out. About, anyways, we oh, this episode's coming out on Halloween. Oh. Oh, except not Halloween, but Halloween. No, it's Halloween <laughs> yeah, no. for the devil worshiper. For the calendar people Sorry. that worship now, the calendar. I'm not being a mess. Anyways, okay. <laughs> we had uh, Costume Sunday, and a bunch of people showed up yes. in costumes. Our church went for it. You know what? But I have to admit something. Oh, go. I have to admit something. Yes. I was unable to worship. <laughs> You were unable to properly worship. I was unable to actually engage because while worship is happening, I'm looking up there and Phil is dressed like... Vector. Uh, here's Vector. Here's what Phil... But he kind of looks like an inmate. Yes. We got Adam Clark over there dressed up like a six foot five Boy Scout. No, I have talked to you about that. He was upset with you because he's not a Boy <laughs> Scout. Not really upset with you. But he is... What's his name? A scout leader? No, no, the boy from Up. That little fat kid? Yes! No, he's not, Adam. You're too tall and too skinny to be that little fat kid. And so he's... That, what? That, no, that doesn't make it's any ironic. sense. It's oh, ironic. It's ironic. Okay. And so he is, whatever that little boy's name is. I thought he was uh, like a troop leader. No. <laughs> I what he was and doing. And so he said to me, trusting Russell, Russell. I was like, I know his name, but I can't think of it. He was Russell from Up. So was Annalise. They were both on the worship team, and they were both dressed as Russell. And the truth is... <laughs> Only because of her height, Annalise is closer to Russell, not no, because of her weight. he looks like Russell after puberty and joining the cross-country yes. team. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> We've got... And then I McKinley is toy, uh, Jesse from Toy Story. Yeah, but not even just on the stage. A whole family came dressed as tacos. Oh, yeah, that's true. So we've got a whole row yep. of like a, a Taco Bell party pack yes. like on, a, on the row <laughs> and then we had dude so many goofy costumes we had some a family dress up as rock paper scissors they were just shirts rock yes. paper scissors shoot it was funny then we had a guy who dressed up as enrique I, it, it was, was the good. greatest he did the hairline he, and the goatee he he did he chalked it in or whatever you dude, call it i was dying no, emerson you were killing at me at the end of at the end of second service, we were gonna take a staff photo uh -huh. and I literally turned to him. I caught myself before I did it, uh -huh. but I turned to him with, cause I'll just sometimes yell at Enrique E like his name. And so I caught the E in my throat, like, nope, it's not Enrique. <laughs> but I thought it was because he looked so much like him, yeah. but he had a little sign, like a little thought bubble attached said, to himself that said, das what's up. But he kept walking up to people all like silverback gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> being like, hey, hey let me, me holler at you. Hey, dog. <laughs> you need to hurry that up. Let's wrap this up. Everything he was saying was these like choleric statements. That Enrique was... says they were the best. No, I think it was the best costume. It wins for yeah, sure. It was super fun Sunday. Yeah. Um, I dressed up like Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, you did. And Rachel, here's a picture. You were barefoot. And uh, Rachel was Vanellope. Yeah, yeah, I was barefoot. Mm -hmm. So I preached the whole message barefoot. Yeah. And which the top of my feet are sore today. Yep. The tops, which is weird, the tops of my feet. But it's interesting because they say that, like, that's actually the most 
better for your feet it's is better. to walk barefoot, but it's yeah. just your, your feet are feet, not used to You realize to it. how we put our feet in these casts. Yeah. And so you don't have mobility and dexterity. Yeah. And so yeah. I uh, was doing a lot of one foot standing. And on my Sunday. husband and I were Prince Charming and Cinderella. Here's a picture. And his wig was the worst, best thing I ever saw Aaron in my looked life. Like, Aaron looked like <laughs> emo Prince Charming. He looked like Tobey Maguire on Spider-Man yeah. when he got all in his emo feelings. Yes, 100%. What happened was I ordered a wig that was like a big bouffant. He looked like a mess. And then I realized on Thursday, it hasn't even shipped. It said like, so sorry, we have been delayed. Or, you know, Amazon be doing you like that. It either arrives like tomorrow or yes. it doesn't show up yeah and so then i ordered another one but panicked because i thought oh, if this one was late maybe this one will be late so then i ordered a third one this was my third option it's the only one that showed up we got home from church on sunday and there were all the wigs only one still i still have not gotten the There's, original aaron you guys brought rich and i up for uh yeah a little love pastor appreciation pastor love. appreciation i don't do good with all that like Hey, it's past appreciation about somebody do something about it. Well, so, we show honor all year long. So yeah, I think but that's I didn't, also I didn't even think about it. So then they call us up and Aaron's praying for us. <laughs> and I look for all his praying. And I had to not laugh in the second service because he had all this hair down all in his eye. And I was, was like, like I'm losing sweaty. my stuff up here. <laughs> so yeah, it's best. Anyway, we had a fun time. Costume Sunday. Our people are the best. They I had fell down. Yeah, but I did not realize you fell down. Second I service, thought you just... Uh, I jumped off the stage and then trying to get back up on the stage, my Wreck-It Ralph pants were too tight and I couldn't get my leg up. And so I hit my toe and I did a little tuck and roll. It was funny, but... Did I have, when I was reaching, I did a part where I was reaching, did yeah. I have wardrobe malfunction? No. Or no. no. My shirt didn't it come up It pulled too much. up, but it didn't pull up like I didn't... Nobody saw no skin or nothing. Yeah, I had a little wife mean. beater thing on. No, it was is good. Is that still what we call it? Do y'all still call them wife beaters? I mean, that is still the word. I don't know if it's probably politically correct anymore, but... Well, that is called like a tank top? Yeah. Who tank had top. one on at our house the other night? Pumpkin carving. Mason or Tyler? No, I did not see that. Someone's wearing a wife beater? Well, under their sweatshirt. Oh. And so they got hot at one point and they, I think it was Tyler. I don't remember. And they were like saying, can we call it that still? But I think we still can, right? That's what <laughs> it's, it's called. Yeah, it's just a real offensive name. Well, I know. Like but shirt guys wear while they beat their wives, I guess. <laughs> I, I guess that's why. I don't know why. <laughs> when you put it in context, you're like, oh. oh. Let's that just used call to be it a tank a, top. That used to be a costume in Flint growing up on Halloween. Guys would wear a wife beater and carry around an extension cord. <gasps> really? Like that's what you would beat your wife with. Oh my extension gosh, cord. that's yeah. not allowed. So, so they would go <laughs> trigger treating. Destiny's face right now is like, oh my gosh. No. <laughs> Nobody had that costume on on Sunday, thankfully. No. The kids did good. Our teams went did good. Did you see Chris and VNA? They were like uh, steampunk. They oh. like went for it. They their costumes were yes. ready for like Scarborough Fair Steampunk. Yeah, they were looking festival. good. You're right. They were looking good. People. The thing about it is, our church takes it so serious. They don't take Halloween serious. They take having fun in a Jesus context so serious yeah. that if you came to church not in a costume, you felt like a loser. Yeah. I guarantee you, if you showed up and you didn't wear one, who not, are you? If yeah. you are, tell us how'd you feel? Because I would have felt like. I didn't participate. Yeah. We were doing our rally pre-service, and I looked over, and Johnny walked in. Johnny's yeah. an usher. How old is Johnny? Over 70. There you go. That's probably the best answer. And Johnny walked in <laughs> with a disco shirt on and a big black afro, and dude, I started laughing. His little gray mustache. My in-laws were like laughing. motorcycle gang. Like, they looked intense crazy. My parents straight bailed. They didn't do it. Brenda, how do you feel when you don't participate? Don't, I don't you feel know sad? What happened. I tried to talk him into it. I was like, Dad, you can... They're like, I'm not buying no costume. I was like, Dad, you can dress up like a woodworker. Yeah. Just wear like an apron and a tool belt and you'd be Bob the Builder. But Yeah. Dad Brenda just, could have been a gardener. She is a gardener. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Mom and Dad. Come Next on, guys. Year, you're I'll our number one you. fan. I'm calling you out. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, we've, got, we've received uh, some questions. Yes. And, and so, so we're going to talk about a bunch of them over the next few weeks. Um, but one today that we're going to talk about is a great conversation topic, something okay. that you and I have navigated, talked about a bunch, but is not something that I don't think we've ever talked about here. Yeah. What? You go. You, Me? you, okay. you read all the questions. Today we're going to talk about, uh, I don't remember the way it was asked, but okay. this is what we've decided to title it. Yeah. yeah. Everybody wants to be the leader until it's time to be the leader. Okay. Have you ever 
encountered someone who wanted the title, wanted the responsibility, wanted the accolades, wanted the microphone, wanted mm -hmm. the power, right? But then when it came time to actually do the responsibilities that are connected to the leadership role that they received, they did not want to do it. Everybody wants the promotion, but they rarely want the problems. Correct. They want to um, be the leader. We want the more, but then don't want the problems that yeah. come with it. I yeah. remember listening to a T.D. Jakes message years ago, and he talked about how he always met these young pastors that were like, I want your ministry. I, God's yeah, called yeah, me yeah, to yeah, do yeah. this. He's called me. To, and he was like, you might want my ministry, but you don't want my problems. You right. don't want the stress that I carry. And I think that, uh, that that's something that we we hear from a lot. Yeah. And it's not in just church context. And I think that's why it's so important to talk about here in this collective conversation with the tug team is because in in your life, if you are tugging into more, chances are good you are a leader. Yeah. Which means chances are good you've received some uh, tension and struggle in the people around you in your life because they want maybe the role or the job that you have. But people don't realize that there is a giant weight associated with the next level. The next level. Yeah, we say that phrase, new level, new devils. Yeah. But it's not just new devils. It's new responsibility. It's new uh, weight. It's new tasks that suck. Yeah. And uh, so let's talk about it today. I don't know how we roll it out, but let's talk about what that well, I looks think, like. Well, I think that this idea is applicable for all different levels of leadership. leadership. Absolutely. So from high school kids that yeah. want to step into a next level leadership or lead executives that want their business to grow a million dollars in budget. Yeah. yeah. That wherever you are, we all want to step up to the next level. Yeah. What we have to just be aware of is that there's a price to pay yeah. with that increase. Yeah. But immaturity doesn't take that into the equation. No. Which I guess is kind of what our where we need to speak to at the audience. Okay. Right? You got it. That the, the, the people that are frustrated that they aren't at the next level, but haven't counted the cost of what it will take to get there. Yeah. Well, yeah. And and you have to, exactly. And then you have to evaluate, I think the are you ready to actually take that? Right. So maybe you're frustrated, but also uh, maybe you're just waiting like, hey, God, I'm ready to go to the next level, but but do you really, really have you taken stock of what that will look like and what that will be required of you? Yeah. And so maybe you're not even frustrated. Maybe you're just like, I want it. I want it so bad. Why haven't I gotten it yet? Maybe you're just questioning. And there's a true statement of like, you have to look at it and count the cost. To take a step up in leadership, it means that people will be mad at you. Yes. How many times have I talked to somebody who is a leader, wants to be a leader, and then they say, but I'm really a people pleaser. I really love to make everyone happy. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I don't feelings. want to hurt their feelings. And the truth is, you can make, what is the sentence? You can make some of the people happy some of the time, but you cannot make all of the people happy all of the time. And the truth is, you also can't make some of the people, I don't know, I'm going to get myself all twisted, but like you can't even make some of the people happy all the time. You're always going to ruffle feathers when you're taking steps into leadership and into more. Years ago... Um, in the early years of the church, I was really involved with the Chamber of Commerce oh, yeah. in Mansfield. Yeah. And so what that meant is I got this red jacket and I would go to ribbon cuttings yeah. of new businesses and I would go to luncheons and I would just go to stuff, right? And I was like a representation of the welcoming arm of the city of Mansfield to mm -hmm. help new people feel connected. Yeah. And there were probably 30 ambassadors. Yeah. And we would have a monthly meeting and we would have all these rules if you have to go to 70% of the events that mm -hmm. are offered and all these things. And so every year they would elect a vice president and a, and then the vice president then would be the president for a year. And then the next year become the president. Yeah. Did I say that right? Yeah. They would be nominated vice president, be vice president for a year. The and next the year, next become year the president. you transfer up to yeah. being the president. And so dude, I was part of the chamber of commerce. I was loving it. Yeah. Having fun, laughing, no stress right. on the mic, just, doing my thing, inviting people to church. Yep. And then they nominated me to be vice president. Yeah. And so the vote happened. It was me and this other guy. I'm not going to say what his name is, but I remember this joker. He's a nice guy. Yeah. We were friends. Yeah. And then so we both get nominated. I'm like, whatever. So then they vote and they vote me in over mm -hmm. this other guy as yeah. vice president. And can I tell you, I did not have one relational problem in that group of 30 people right. for years. 
the minute I got voted in right. as the vice president, half the room was no longer my friend. Yeah. Immediately, I hadn't done anything. I hadn't made one decision. I hadn't led one meeting. But all of a sudden, because I was now associated with this regime of people that voted me in <laughs> and these people that liked this guy yep. better, I didn't even know some of the politics yep. that were at play. I now gained enemies only because of my new leadership level. Okay. And so I led that year <clears throat> as vice president, and it was the worst. It was the worst. I hadn't done anything except right. accept a new leadership right. level. Right. And so then when it was time for me to be this, the lead, the president the next year, I stepped down. You jacked it all up. I stepped down. I was like, <laughs> listen, I'm not here to try to make a difference in the Chamber of Commerce. Right. I'm here to promote my, my church, church. Right. the name Jesus Christ. Right. This just causing problems all over the place. Y'all yep. can have all your politic crap. So they made the vi next vice president. He was president, got to do it for two years, yeah. which then put me, everybody back in good graces. Yeah. The reason that I now all of a sudden had this tension mm -hmm. is because now I had to start making decisions. Yeah. And when you have to make decisions that are not always contrary, that are contrary to what some people want. Right. You're going to gain some enemy. Enemies is the wrong word. Yeah. You're going to gain some. You're going to opposition. opposition. Yeah. You're going to have some opposition. You know, in our staff team, it's as simple as this. Like in our staff team, every Tuesday we have our staff meeting. Then we go to lunch. Right. Mm -hmm. And when we decide where we're going to lunch, like whoever makes that final decision about where we're going to lunch, there are people in the room that are going to get mad at us because it's not the place they wanted to go to lunch. It's as small as little decisions like that, all the way as big as leading an entire like chamber of commerce organization right. of being the vice president and the president and all the things. And so the truth of the matter is, if you're leading something, don't be surprised if you face opposition. Yeah. If you have to make a decision in any type of leadership role, which a good leader is constantly making decisions, uh, you're going to face opposition. You can't be surprised by it. You have to be aware of it. And then you can't let it make you get like all worked up and offended because the truth is, I think for you and I, uh, the type of leaders that we are, there's been seasons where as we're making decisions, we feel uh, upset or sad yeah. that we've made up other people mad or that we've uh, hurt, their feelings. hurt their feelings. And what we had to learn was, oh, that's not actually a bad leader. We, we've questioned, are we bad leaders? Yeah. But the truth is, oh, I'm not a bad leader. I'm a leader. Mm-hmm. Being a leader means I'm going to tick somebody off. Yeah. I'm going to do something hard. Uh, we that think we think that them. the next level is yeah. only the promotion. Right. But the next level is also the problem. Right. The ticking the people off, the having to make a call. When you have to make a call, it means that there's somebody that's not happy with your call. Right. For two reasons. <clears throat> One, because they want what they want and they can only see the perspective that they can see. But two, the truth of the matter is, at the leadership level that you're at, you're the one, you and the leaders above you are the only ones who have all the information. Yeah. People under you don't have all the information. And yeah. so they want what they want, but they might not realize how that affects everything else. And so uh, if you are being led, you have to learn to have grace for the people leading you. Yeah. Because you don't have to make those decisions. Yeah. You don't have to make the, there are things right now as leaders of this organization that we lead that the team under us, they don't even have to know all the things, good, bad, or like, they don't even have to carry some of the weights. And we're like, good, I don't want them to have to. Yeah. That's the responsibility, the weight that we choose to carry. But but the fact of the matter is, uh, often what happens is instead is we want, I want what they have, I want the leadership, but we don't count the weight, the responsibility, what that actually looks like. And it can cause us really our downfall to take the next step to be the next leader. Well, we see it a lot yeah. that somebody wants to, um, I want to be a prayer partner. Okay. Okay. You want to be a prayer partner. That means that you have to be willing to help shoulder some hurt with people and then not talk about it. Right. 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 And then when they're out in the lobby saying, yeah, well, I had so-and-so pray for me and God didn't answer their prayer. Mm-hmm. Wait, don't get offended that yeah. their spiritual maturity is blaming your prayer for their answer yeah. not happening. Yeah. There's there's new there's new pressure. Pastor Phil is our worship pastor. Yep. He's doing an incredible job. Yep. Um, but not too long ago, 
uh, maybe a little over a year ago. Yeah. We had somebody came and met with me and Rachel and told us that they were going to leave the church. We're leaving the church. Well, why? What's going on? Well, Pastor Phil is making me, says if I don't come to worship practice, this person been on the worship team for a while. Yeah. If I don't come to worship practice, I can't be on the worship team. <laughs> and so Pastor Phil is stealing my calling. That's what he's, this person's telling me. He's yeah. stealing my calling. And so I'm going to leave the church because he's stealing my calling. And I'm like, so I'm already on Phil's side because yeah. I already know what's happened here. Yeah. So what's happened is this person's came to Phil and said, hey, I can't make it to worship rehearsal on Thursday. Can you change worship rehearsal? Well, and Pastor Phil's like, well, when? And the guy had no good day that it would yeah. work for him. He's like, no, this is when we have worship practice. If, you can, if you're saying you can never come, that means that you're not prioritizing it and that you're not mm -hmm. going to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And this dude is ticked right. at Phil. He's coming and talking crap to me right. about Phil and how he's a bad leader. Philip's not a bad leader. You were just unable to see the reality right. that you're not, you don't have the time to be a part right. of the team. And, and so Phil didn't do anything wrong, but he's got somebody mad at him. Yeah. This person's mad at him. He's new on staff. Right. Somebody's leaving the church, coming and talking a bunch of crap to me about his leadership. And me and Phil talked, and I was like, dude, this is not about you. You right. did the right thing. Right. But Philip had to have a hard conversation with this person and say, no, Sorry. dude, here's the line I'm drawing. Yeah. If you're on the worship team, you have to show up to worship practice. Yeah. No, let's talk about that. So, so often people I've encountered. He didn't bend. Right. This is what I'm saying. No. Philip didn't just bend to this guy's frustration and think, oh, man, I hope Pastor Trust is not mad at me. No, he has to draw right. a line in the sand well, and, and, and lead. He, he had did a good to, job. He had to take into account all the other people who've already moved their life around and yes. made it schedules and adjustments to make Thursday night be the night that they're allowed or able to have worship rehearsal. And so if he moved it for one guy, then it's 25 other people whose schedule is jacked and these kind of things. And so making these decisions sometimes feels like, oh, it's at me. No, it's not at you. It's at the what is right for the organization, the situation, the circumstance. And that's the part is being a leader that's super hard. But you said the thing about what Phil had to do that I think is a huge piece of what people don't realize nor do they want to do whenever they have to take the next step and level in leadership. And is that Phil had to have a hard conversation. Hard conversation. So often people want the title, the accolade, the the whatever, the promotion, like you said, of being the leader. Do you know how many hard conversations are required in being a leader in leading anything? What's the percentage of your job that is having hard conversations? 70%. Yep, that's what I was going to say. 70% of my job. 10% is like talking cute on a microphone or in a podcast or like yep. somewhere saying something cute and quippy and smart and people are like, oh, that looks so fun. <laughs> I want to be Pastor Whitney because she gets to be on a podcast. Leader's job is to say words people don't want to hear. Yeah. That's what cool. Yeah. You drive your car, you have to turn the steering wheel. That creates tension in the whole system. Right. Your tires are scrubbing against the ground. Yeah. Losing tread. Right. It's hard. Right. That's what leading is. Yeah. Is and and it's I'm like the amount of times behind a closed door or sometimes not behind a closed door, sometimes in a big collective room where hard words are have are had to be said is the part that the more we progress as leaders, we have to get more comfortable with. Mm -hmm. I've counseled with or, or, or coached or whatever the right word is, many people taking next steps into leadership. And I said it a minute ago, the, the whole idea of, well, I don't wanna hurt people's feelings or I'm a people pleaser. What we have to recognize is uh, hard words are a part of leading, period, end of discussion, because somebody has to draw the line in the sand. Yeah. Somebody has to say the buck stops here. Somebody has to make the decision about where we go to lunch. Like, or otherwise, we'll be standing in the staff room for an hour talking about the ethereal ideas of where we could eat and we'll right. never actually eat and then we'll starve to death. And so like... Somebody has to draw the somebody line. Somebody has to draw the line. But somebody th has to set the standard. Go ahead. Somebody has to draw the line and then stand the line and say, no. This is the line. Not allowed to cross. Right. And that is really hard. And the, the higher up you go in leadership, the more you have to be willing to do just that. Have you ever had a leader that was at a higher level of leadership but was unwilling to say hard words? Oh, yeah. And how yeah. difficult did that make being a part of that organization? Like what so often can happen is I think we get a leader over us 
that says hard words or says all the words and we feel disrespected. I can't believe they would say that to me. Mm. But our immaturity doesn't look at the other side and go, well, what would happen though if they didn't? What would happen if we were being led mm. by someone who just let willy-nilly all the things go? And has that, has that ever happened to you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I had a weird maybe experience for me that I had a leader who wouldn't say hard words, who wouldn't um, bring conflict, but knew my natural personality mm -hmm. and turned me into their hatchet man. Mm -hmm. And so at a young age, I was the line drawer, hard word sayer in the organization just because of maybe my personality. And I think I got manipulated into fighting battles and drawing lines that they should have, but were too afraid to. Yeah. And so I think that that hurt my influence for, for sure. a season and made people think that I was just a bulldozer Yeah. when I wasn't. Just the person who was supposed to be the line drawer wouldn't be, and so I had to be a bulldozer to, to do things. Yeah, and then it hurt you not I don't not know if I answered your no, question. No, I, I mean, you, you answered it in a different way. Yeah. Uh, because what what is true is that you should have been coached, protected, developed into a person who said the words when they needed to be said, yeah. but then was had them said for you when it wasn't time for you. And so what you're talking about is a gift that a lot of people never even, uh, I was forced to mature in that area. It's a, it's a thing that people fast. don't realize a gift of leaders over them who do say hard, say all the words, do all the things. If you're in a conversation being corrected, that's the thing about you and I's dynamic that I've super appreciated in communication in leadership in different areas is that because we've sat together and you've been able to say, Hey, wit, you actually said it like this. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't probably as helpful if you would have said it more like that. Or, Hey, I noticed that you continue to say this sentence. And I think it's cause you don't realize, I mean, right. how that's coming across. Corrections a big, if that's you, a great word. To it, yeah. If you, if you weren't able to do that for me, I couldn't have developed into the leader that I was. And so often people sit in seats and get frustrated at the person above them who's correcting them, who's giving them wisdom, who's mm -hmm. giving them uh, a decision, a line in the sand without looking at it as a gift. Yeah. The reason that you are now able to give it so carefully and clearly is because you had a deficit of it at, yeah. in leadership. Someone didn't give it to you well. And then for me, I think I just, God's given me the perspective to like want to receive that so that I can do better. And so that dynamic that we've had, and, and you're super good at it, the opposite direction, receiving it as well. You're also really good at that. That then we've been able to go, oh, because I identify people both above and below us who are unwilling to give it and receive it. And yeah. it causes so much confusion. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hard thing to do to bring correction. Yeah to somebody or to say, no, this is not how we do it here. Yeah, yeah. It's hard and, and it's easier in the moment to just let the thing slide. Right. But if you sweep dirt onto the rug, it eventually turns into a big, into a big pile. A big pile. I was a youth pastor at a church before here, and I remember my office was next door to one of the kids, to the kids pastor. Mm -hmm. And every Monday I would go into the office and I would hear her on the phone and she would call all of the kids workers that worked, that were scheduled that Sunday. Yeah. And she would call them and say one of two things. Hey, thank you so much for being here. You did a great job. I think that your portion of service was great. I loved what you did. So good. She would encourage them. Or she would call them. Or she would call the people that no-showed. Mm -hmm. Hey, so-and-so, pastor, I'm not going to say her name here. Uh, hey, we had you on the schedule to serve in the first service, but man, you you weren't there. Is everything okay? Is anything in life going on that we need to know about? And then, you know, I don't know what the person would say. I couldn't hear. And then she would cap them and say, <laughs> well, you know, because you weren't there, it really made it hard on, and then she named all the other people that were there volunteering. Yeah. So, you know, you weren't there. And so that means they couldn't be on the stage and they had to take, we had a kid pee his pants. And the, like they, she would talk to the details and say, so, we have you scheduled to be on this date in three weeks or whatever. Are you good? Yeah. Can I count on you to be there? Yeah. And she'd say, okay, great. 
Thank you so much. Yeah. Hey, I know those are hard conversation. Love you very much. I want you to feel a part of what's going on here. Yeah. Thanks. See you. Bye. And she would have hung up. And I was so impressed. Yeah. That every Monday, this lady called every volunteer, told them thank you. And if they no showed, confronted. Yeah. Are you on the team or not? Right. I, I can take you off the team, yeah. but you need to know that your no show hurt everybody else. Yeah. No, she did it with kindness and with clarity. Yeah. And that's a leader. That's what a leader a has to do. A person on a microphone doesn't mean you're a leader. No. Anybody can put a mic in their hand and do a song and dance for 30 seconds. Right. But being able to give correction with kindness and clarity is a huge, huge piece of being a leader. Period. End of discussion. And so, like, if you're not comfortable with that, you have to get comfortable with it if you want to lead anything. If yeah. you want to lead small, uh, if you want to lead big. And I think so often both of those are lacking in people. We think mm -hmm. that we are speaking with kindness when we're not, when mm -hmm. we're speaking with aggressiveness. And we think we're giving clarity when we're not, when we're actually being vague and whatever. Because it's hard to say the hard words. It's hard to mm -hmm. say, hey, this is the goal I gave you. You did not meet it. That's what she essentially is saying. Yeah. Here's the goal. Here's what the goal is that your schedules show up at this time for this service, whatever. You didn't meet it. And because you didn't meet it, here's what happened because of that. I, I need you to understand that this is a big deal. So uh, do you want to do that or not again? And it it sucks to have to say the like sentence that you know is the like, I mean, because that sentence of like. You didn't so, show up. So because you didn't do it, now there was some bad results. Can I count on you to do it again or not? Yeah. Is it is a difficult thing to say. But if you don't, what, what happens is there's chaos abounding. Mm -hmm. And so there's like two sides of it. As the leader, we have to learn to say it. We have to be comfortable, willing to know, if I stepped into this role, I've now arrived to the leadership, the place, the platform, the position, whatever that I was hoping for. Oh shoot, now I better get comfortable with speaking kindness and clarity to the people around me. Because yeah. yeah, I'm not kidding. 70% is a real number. The more I'm sitting here, I'm like, absolutely. Of, of leading, that is a necessary part. And then if you are receiving this, it depends, are clarity, you the leader correction. or are you the one receiving clarity and correction? Are you gonna choose to get upset and offended? Or are you gonna realize, oh, I'm actually being led by a really good leader. Yeah. I'm actually being led by someone who's trying to help me grow, help me develop, help me step into more. Because the truth of the matter is that was her heart. Her heart was, hey, you're called to kids ministry. I want right. you to be there. For Phil, it's, hey, you're called to be a worship a worshiper. I want to help, I, I equip, help you to equip, equip you. It's not, oh, I, I'm forcing you to come to this rehearsal. It's, oh, I want you and the whole team to thrive on Sunday. That's why we're having rehearsal. Mm -hmm. And so we have two, there's two sides of the coin. It's being the leader and stepping into it. Because what Phil could have allowed was one guy to not show up, but still asked everyone else to show up. And then this one guy is bringing the whole team down. Well, then there's culture drift. The whole thing stops making and it, sense. And it can feel like, oh, it's just one person. It's just one circumstance. It's just one instrument. It's just one, but it takes the whole ship off course. Yeah. And it's, it's a big, it's a big it's deal. It's such an important conversation for people to think about when they want to go to the next level. Right but don't realize that there's a cost. There there's is a, a cost, huge cost associated. I think that a lot of the questions that we've got um, are like in a church context and people talk about the mic. Oh yeah, yeah. The mic. People want to be on the mic. People want to be platformed. And to be platformed is a next level. Yeah. Right? You're literally standing on a platform. Yeah. So that's literally another, another level. level. A whole another level. There's a cost. Or, or leading or leading a class or leading a area, a meeting, an area. Like there are so many conversations of like, whether there's an actual handheld microphone in your hand, yeah. you're the one, yeah, standing at attention. Everyone's looking at you. Yeah, that, that, and so, that person. but there's a cost associated with that. Absolutely. And if you aren't ready for the cost, then you shouldn't be allowed to be on the mic. So I want to go two different thoughts. Okay, go. One, I had a guy in the church who he came to me multiple times about how he wanted to lead a marriage ministry. It's literally one of the things I was thinking of. Well, that's why I said not and, necessarily on a mic because I'm thinking of exactly and, that conversation. And they're not ready. No, right. They're not ready. Their marriage isn't ready. There's a lot of things in their life that they're just not 
right. mature wise, ready to do that. And they're so upset, have been upset that we won't just give them a class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I'm like, bro, you don't know what this is going to do to your marriage. Right. You you think that you and your wife are ready to step into leading these conversations, but I know from watching that that you're not ready. Yeah. And it's going to bring hurt and pain on you. Yeah. And the people in the class as they're asking questions, you're not prepared for. Right. I know the attack that when I teach on marriage, when we do a marriage series, I know the attack that comes on me and Rachel. Yeah, I know the attack that comes on Aaron and Whitney. Yeah. And I just know that they're that they're not ready. And so there's this delicate balance that I've felt because I can't exp- there's no way to explain that it's very fully to, explain, to right? somebody without them feeling like I'm saying, dude, you're just a baby. No, it's not that you're a baby. It's that I love you yeah. and you need to mature for a little while. Yeah. But you know, uh, my friends, Terry and Heather uh-huh. are leading this semester of re-engage, re-engage yeah. that we're doing, which, which is, is marriage, our marriage ministry which is now. Marriage focused yeah. ministry. Terry and Heather wouldn't have been able to lead this three years ago. Right. Right. But they've waited and been faithful and they've been patient. They've grown in their everything. And so yeah. now they're able to put this new weight on. Right. A next level is more, is more weight. Yeah. Let's it's, talk, it's more weight. It's more responsibility. It's we're talking a lot about the communication, but it's not just the communication of what is what you're also talking about. Yeah. Uh, meaning it's not just the having to make the hard decisions, say the hard words, but it's also the weight that comes with being the one in charge. So for even the marriage ministry, that's a commitment of time, time every weekend. Uh, right now it's on Sunday nights. They, they're there, they're showing up, they're unlocking the building. They're mm-hmm. making sure the lights are on, that the curriculum is set, that mm-hmm. the people have the books and the supplies that they need. That's a whole weight of leadership. That mm-hmm. is a responsibility. Um, next level right. saying yes. Um, sometimes we don't realize that. But it's also calls from people that are part of the marriage program, yeah. mad at each other, Having helping navigate fights, right. helping people do their budget. It's a lot of emotional Absolutely. weight, not just time commitment. Absolutely. To, to be able to do that. No, and it's and it they're counseling people right. through stuff they just barely walk through themselves. Right. And so if you're not ready to receive that, it's easy to look at people and go, Oh man, I can't believe they've got promoted. I can't believe they got put on the platform. They got at the next step without realizing what's been happening behind closed doors. Right. The reason we knew that Terry and Heather were ready is because we've had conversations behind closed doors nobody else has seen. Correct. We've had uh, moments with them and, and know the steps they're taking in their own marriage, know the steps they're taking in their spiritual journey and yeah. their emotional health, all of those pieces to get to the next level. And so often we're quick to like go, oh, why did they get the promotion or the, or the next step or the next leadership level without recognizing Oh, they're the ones who stayed late and made sure it all got put back together and yes. the room got reset. Yes. There's not a magic fairy that comes right. and cleans up the room afterward, like, and turns the lights off and locks the doors and right. sets the alarm. Like, right. it's simple, small things. Yeah. And I wonder how often people want to take that next step of leadership without realizing, uh, Enrique calls it cradle to grave, Yeah. that we have to take it from the the inception the idea so the idea right now we're using marriage ministry as the analogy but like whatever it is i have this idea i want to do this event i want to lead this bible study i want to lead this meeting i want to be over life groups whatever it is you want to do but i don't realize that that now takes this and then this many steps we think that it is just lights on to lights off right it's not that. Yeah. There's so many steps to the completion of it that like, it's a, it's a big deal. Right. Uh, here's a very small story. Okay. So last week we had, we just talked about it. We had the um, fun costume day. What do we call it? Costume Fam- Sunday. Yeah. Family costume Sunday. And so we always do a photo booth and we want to like have a photo booth, right? Yeah. Well, we were like, what should we do? How should we do it? You had a couple ideas from Facebook. You passed it to me. Then I passed it to uh, Enrique, Brady, Destiny, uh, and Ryan, a team of people that were going to create this photo booth, right? Well, you and I had to make sure it happened. So, like, we checked in, like, is it going? Yeah. But once we passed it off, it now took time, effort, energy, and completion for us to show up on Sunday and there to be a photo booth, right? But 
but there are steps that people don't see. There were times behind, like on Friday, when Brady and Destiny went and picked up the pumpkins to put in the little crates. And had to unload them out of their trunk. Right. Carry them one at a time. Yeah. Arms are heavy through the lobby while nobody's here. Right. And nobody sees it. It's work. It's work. Ryan took the, Destiny and Mason went and picked up the crates. Ryan uh, put them together. Enrique made sure they were standing correctly and were like, what's the word? Like, Sound connected, connect, but structural, um, structurally structural sound. Integrity. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes, uh, and like all of those pieces that people don't see, and oftentimes we look at people like Enrique and we're like, man, that's so cool that he's the decibels up guy, yeah, and he stands on the stage and tells us like get our junk together, yeah, but they don't know the hours. Yeah. That Enrique is making sure from cradle to grave something starts and ends. They yeah. don't understand. Yes. Oh, I have to carry these pumpkins from the pumpkin patch to the car <laughs> from the car to the lobby into the thing it's a small story but there's so many times it's not glamorous as leaders that behind closed doors behind the scenes we have to do things that nobody ever sees yeah so i said 10 maybe 10 seven percent of my job is on a stage with a microphone with spotlights or a podcast yeah the rest of it is just junk ain't nobody know about yeah, ever. It's true. And the Bible tells us to whom much is given, is given much, much is, is required, required, right? And so if you're not trustworthy with a little, yeah. how can you be trustworthy with a much? And it's true not only in work, but in in um our ethics or in our in our lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. And so we want to be platformed, but we also want to be drinking some coronas on the weekend. <laughs> right, right, right. We want to be allowed to be on the mic, but we want to keep wearing that short skirt out around town on Friday. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And there's a there's a there's a decision that we have to make that if we want to step up to this level, there are some things that we have to put down. Yeah, there's sacrifice. There's, there's sacrifice. Yeah. There's lots of stuff that I want to do, but I don't because I understand the position that God's put me in yeah there's places i can't go there's places i can't there's go conversations i can't have there there's things i can't do things i can't choose and sometimes that can feel isolating lonely confusing yeah. but but we have to look at what is what is it that we're actually trying to step into yeah what your face i'm like you're thinking something no, i, don't I, know am, what you're I am i thought of uh, a clip uh, uh of a guy named ronnie coleman so Ronnie Coleman was like eight time Mr. Olympia. He's a bodybuilder, like oh, great big yeah, jack yeah, yeah, yoke yeah. dude. And he has all these catchphrases uh, that where he's like, ain't nothing but a peanut. And then he's lifting yeah, hundreds yeah, yeah. of pounds. He's, he yells lightweight. And so sometimes oh, me, and Kyle, yeah, me and Kyle will be in the gym guys. and we'll light, be lifting light, light, lightweight, 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 and, and, uh, but one of them is so good and we'll find the clip and I'll put it in after okay. I explain it. And he says, and he kind of has a funny high pitched voice for being so big. And he says, everybody want to be a bodybuilder, but don't know what it, don't, don't nobody want to lift no heavy weight. And then he bench presses like 800 pounds. Here's the clip. And so, yeah. I mean, hopefully we bleeped out that we bleeped we out. Bleeped. I don't know what we that word it. that he said was. That was a, that, I don't think he was talking about Old Testament donkeys, but he, <laughs> he's saying everybody wants to look like this. Right. Everybody wants to be a bodybuilder, right. but nobody wants to get under 800 pounds and squat and that it junk up. in a gym with nobody around. Yeah. And everybody wants to be a leader, but nobody wants the, to nobody do the work to, to lead, the, to work in the pressure. There's one other thing. Okay. So we've talked about. A bunch of great stuff but the other piece is that the failures on you <laughs> like if you step into that next level of being a leader you have to accept that if it falls apart it's, it's on, on you. you at more church yeah if the kids ministry fails 
it's my fault. Yeah. If the money fails, it's on me. Yeah. If the women's ministry that I never go to does something weird, it's on, the buck stops with me as the leader. We used to joke to each other like back years ago, we used to say like, there's no one else coming. There's no other adults There's that are going to do this. Who let us do this? Like, who decided we could be in charge? Like, yeah. but it was like a joke, but also a like, oh shoot, there's some real weight here yeah. that like what you're saying that at the end of the day, like we're responsible for making sure that this thing goes. And there's so much to it that it's easy to look at and go, well, cool. They made trust in the pastor of that church without looking at, oh no, there are, Daily, constant decisions being made that that are the weight that would crush what you're saying is yeah. nobody wants to pick up that weight. The only reason that guy ever got to 800 pounds is because he first picked up 300 pounds. That's right. And and if you're not, you you be wanting 800 pound weight, but you ain't willing to pick up 100. Don't be mad at somebody who's leading when Golly. they've been picking up 300 pound weight for three years yeah. and you are unwilling to even show up one time to pick up a hundred pound weight. I've moved a lot of chairs. Yeah. I've moved a lot of chairs. Yeah. And so before I ever got to stand on a stage before a lot of chairs, I had to pick up a bunch. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. And we want the 800 pound Mr. Olympia title. Right. But dude, squat 135. Yeah. Just in the corner for a hundred reps. Just, just do it. There's the anomalies of people out there who suddenly seem like they just got plopped into some position out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. But what's true is we don't actually know. We talk about it like Instagram's just the highlight reel. You don't actually know what they did, where they've been, what's been happening behind closed doors. And, and the Bible's clear that like God is our promotion. And so like maybe, maybe you don't know. Cool. But God knows. God sees. And so maybe even in your current state, I feel like somebody needs to know that like where you are, maybe nobody will know if you really show up 100% yeah. in your job. Maybe you've got it in your job where you're able to just keep floating right now in what you're doing. But God knows if you're showing up fully and actually lifting the weight. And so like, if you believe there's more for you, keep picking up that weight. Yeah. Don't allow yourself to just look at it and go, yeah, no one's gonna know if I pick it up today or not. Yeah. But actually keep doing it because in the right moment, in the right season, in the right timing, God's the one who's gonna put you where you're supposed to be. And if you believe that there is more in you and there's more for you to leave, and more for you to do you got to be picking it up because the truth is if you and i weren't picking up that weight like when we we're joking and going where are the other adults coming if we weren't picking up the 100 pound weight then we would be crushed yeah by the weight right now yeah that was seven years in seven years we've changed and grown and shifted so much that if we weren't consistently picking up the weight as leaders and having hard conversations do you know that the conversations i thought were really hard five years ago are a joke of a conversation that I right. to, for me to have what today. What used to stress me out and steal my sleep, I now don't even need to I, I've take told a breather it before, before Like having. I remember standing in front of a mirror telling myself, go in there, say the words, you can do it. Like I haven't had to do that in years, but and that conversation was not even as horribly hard as some of the ones I had last week. Yeah. But, but it's only because we were willing to keep showing up, keep doing the thing, when it sucked, when it was days I didn't want to show up, when there were times nobody would even know if I picked up the weight or not. But you have to keep doing it. Yeah. Or you can't get it to the more, and it would have straight crushed us. What? No, it's just so many thoughts. Elon Musk. Yeah. Famous, wealthy. Right. Kind of crazy. Dude, <laughs> dude, some nights sleeps on the floor of his factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elon Musk lives in a $50,000 house that's on the side of the factory that he got delivered. He lives in a tiny home. Yeah. I'm not sure that that's the life that I really want. Right. <laughs> Do I really want the life of uh, uh, Dana White? These are the guy of, who runs the UFC. Mm -hmm. Like his whole life is his job. Yeah. Do I want the life of Joel Osteen? Like, I don't, I don't know if I want to. Who's the pastor? who had two churches and he would fly and he would preach one on Wednesday and fly. Judah Smith? Was it Judah? Yeah. That had two? That's super cool. Yeah. Judah's like mega famous. Yeah. And probably makes lots of money. Right. But like you have to put your whole family on an airplane. Count and, the cost. And fly and live in two different cities and have to have like 
two different wardrobes and two and like that sounds real flashy but like how do you feel after flying on an airplane right right it's right. Exa like that dude is paying the cost yeah and like there's down there's downturns of everything that's that's exhausting and i think that sometimes we just want the glitz and the glam and the next step and the fame and thing but dude it's heavy yeah yeah it's so. super good so I think we've spoken to both sides of it, but I think it's important that like, if you're wanting to step into more, if you're wanting to lead, get ready to pick up the weight, yeah. get ready to do it. And then if you're being led, stop judging those leading you, stop getting bitter and bent out of shape. Thinking they don't know what they're doing. Thinking or why they don't, they don't know, see or how don't they do it? Or yeah, why did they make that call? And realize they're carrying weight that you cannot see, right. that you do not know, that you do not understand. And maybe have a little bit, bit of grace and maybe go offer if you can help take some of the weight. Right. Because they may be shielding you from something you're not even aware would crush you by telling you no. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and then uh people want to preach all the time, but they don't know what the critique they would receive would do to them. No, right. You're not ready. Yeah. It's 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 so many so many thoughts, so many things, but I just think especially for this next generation you and i grew up in the generation where like i'm not ready i'm not ready i'm not it's why even seven years ago we we're like we're not ready we where's the other it. adults what is happening the next generation believes very much i believe i think uh in my experience let me say that in my experience the next generation believes very much i got this i can do this i'm mm -hmm. ready put me in coach and i just often to them like careful careful i love you so much but you just don't realize yet the weight that it will take well, once you step into well, it well that's why all these 25 year old guys are planning churches and then they're not in three years. Yeah, yeah. Because they, they don't really... Because there are very few of them who can actually... Who it. have been lifting the weight yeah. behind closed doors, behind the scenes, and then can actually then take it yeah. to the next level. And so um, if you feel under the weight and you're leading, good. Yeah. Like, good. What is it? Keep, keep squatting. It, keep squatting. Keep, keep picking squatting. it up. Guys, so that's, that's a good one. That's good. Hey, that's just a question from some... People on the tug team. That's right. If you've got questions, or if you ever hear us say something you disagree, yeah, that's let us, fine. Let us we know. Can, we'll we take your critique. We'll either take it or not care at all. <laughs> all right. Love y'all. See ya.